Hello, everybody. You are listening to Limited Playtime, the board game podcast where we bring you board game reviews in 30 minutes or less. Or the next episode is free. I'm Kyle Bolin. And I'm Jason Cavallari. And... Imperial Assault. We're talking about Imperial Assault today. That is a Star Wars game. It is. Imperial Assault is designed by Justin Kempinen, Corey Konieska, Jonathan Ying. Art is by Arden Beckwith, Christopher Burdett. Ravina Kai, Lucas Burham, and it says plus eight more. Sorry, everybody else. I'm not going to go that far. Published by Fantasy Flight Games. This is the follow-up. It re-implements Descent Journeys in the Dark, second edition. Uh, we have not talked directly about that game, although we've probably right. included it in several other conversations about other dungeon-crawling games, like uh, Sword and Sorcery. We probably talked uh, about Gloomhaven. it when we talked about Massive Darkness. What's that? Yeah, Gloomhaven, probably. Yeah, I'm sure we did some comparative talking uh, when we talked about Gloomhaven, and I'm sure that that'll come up again today. <laughs> <laughs> so apologies for our redundancies, but that you know, like it's gonna happen. Uh, so Star Wars Imperial Assault, if you are familiar with Descent, uh, if you're not, I guess, uh, is a dungeon crawling game, meaning that there are like you know basically like scenarios that you set up, and you have a good side and a light side. One player, if you're playing with the like the base set rules, the, the rules that the game was designed around, one player plays the, the bad guys, the Imperials, and then up to four other players play the heroes, uh, you know, the rebels, basically, right? The rebel yeah. alliance. And, you know, the, the rebel alliance will have, like, a certain set of objectives to try to achieve on each of the missions, and the Imperial player is trying to stop them by, dr- like, spending currencies i think on um you know like figures to yeah. put out to try to like yeah. attack them um to to I think reinf- it's called threat yeah and you reinforce those figures with a certain amount of threat as as the the mission goes on you'll be able to kind of like you know put up you know reinforcements right uh you'll have like certain traps or you know like ability cards you can play on the on the on the rebels as they as they try to complete their objectives and so you're just at all ends just trying to basically stymie and stop them essentially and mm-hmm. and i think that if this plays like descent and it's been a while since i've played imperial assault in the one versus all format uh they have like a certain number of respawns or whatever and once they run out and you kill them then you you win if you're the imperials and if you're the, the yeah. rebels you're trying to achieve your objectives you do that and then you win right that's mm-hmm. basically how the one versus all works correct jason yeah more or less is that basically it okay that's basically it now Jason and I have been playing a fully co-op version of the game, which they brought out later on because it requires an app or a program that basically automates certain parts of the game. Uh, all of the Imperial decisions that happen, it, it automates that. And so right. you are you have the option to just play hero, like, you know, uh, rebel, rebel units, uh, and, and play through these campaigns that they have tailored for you. It'll still sort of randomize the enemies that come out. Mm-hmm. Uh, and and maybe where I don't know, um, and it'll kind of randomize like certain items that you'll be able to purchase at the end of each mission, because uh, there's like a market phase and everything. Um, but you'll still like sort of like level up these characters through the campaign, getting more powerful, getting more gear, uh, and you know as you as you move through these missions, you're getting money and other items that can be helpful and stuff, uh, and all of that can kind of persist from mission to mission as you play through this campaign. That is kind of what we've focused on lately, uh, but there's. There's those two modes, and then in addition to that, there's another mode that I haven't even tried, which is a skirmish mode, where you just basically, like, draft an army to go up against another army that somebody else has drafted, using, you know, like, a certain number of draft points, uh, and then you basically just, you know, uh, collide and, and fight unit against unit or whatever. I haven't tried that, so I can't speak to it. Yeah, I think more that's more sort of more or less the, um, the option you have to keep playing the game if you've, like, completed the campaign or whatever. Yeah, it feels kind of like, um... 
I don't know, like the tacked on mode or something like that, you know, sure, like the, yeah. the B side to this game or, or, or whatever. Because mm-hmm. um, it definitely felt like the the game was designed around classic descent system, which was the one versus all. And then I think that, you know, they decided to try to create the fully co-op versions of these games later on when they saw, I'm guessing when they saw that the market was going that way with a lot of other familiar, right. you know, similar dungeon crawlers that are like fully cooperative. And that, that tends yeah. to be more common now than the one versus all format that Descent mm-hmm. has used since like the, you know, aughts or whatever, like 2005 or whatever. Right. Yeah. 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 Um, so what do you think? <laughs> or so, I can tell you what I think. Yeah. Why don't you start, Jason? I want to, okay. hold on, hold on. Just briefly, just briefly, let's talk about the one versus all, okay? Okay, sure. You've played it in the past, right? I have. Okay, did you enjoy that? I did. Okay. Were you playing as the Imperials or the Rebels? Uh, I played as the Imperials. Uh-huh. Okay. Uh, I, I think have... I, I, I've done that twice, and then I think I played it as the Rebels once. Okay. And what did you like about that version of the game? Um. So, what I like about that version of the game is, so, uh, first of all, like, I'm generally more in favor of playing with other people than I am with playing with yourself and a computer program. Mm -hmm. Um, Just because I sort of, I like the, the social nature of, and it's part of why I like board games just generally like their social things. So, um, so there's flat, you know, flat out, there's that aspect of it. The other thing that I like is I usually like playing villains in board games. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Um, So, you know, if I, when I play war of the ring, I usually play the, the shadow forces, you know, Every time I've played Fury of Dracula with uh, with Kyle, I've been one of the investigators, but I usually enjoy playing Dracula. Like, I've played Jack the Ripper in Letters from Whitechapel. So, like, that's that's kind of the stuff that I like for it. And I like that the one versus all option uh, gives you the ability to play the villain character. I also kind of like the way that the villain character plays. Um, it's sort of like being a dungeon master in a way, yes. and I kind of like that. Um <clears throat> So, you know, I, I like that you have your own resource to spend. You can sort of make tactical decisions about what to spend it on and when to do it. And, um, you know, to sort of effectively reach your um, your goal for the for the scenario. Um, it, it reminds me of there's been like a couple of like uh, like dungeon lord sort of, sort of like computer games yeah. where you're like trying to destroy the heroes as they work your way through your dungeon or whatever. And it, mm-hmm. it really reminds me of that when I when I've played in the past as the Imperial player. Right. Right. Yeah. Um. I think there so the the other thing that I like about it in sort of transitioning into talking about the app driven um, play mode is that a lot of the enemies um have abilities and things that you as the as the imperial player can choose to do which the app doesn't do because it involves like really tactical decision making you mean you're so, making the tactical decisions as the imperial player during the one versus all mode? Yeah. So for ex- my, the the one example I keep thinking of, and because it's the one that I sort of enjoy the most, if I'm playing as the imperial player, is the the probe droids, which are a kind of imperial enemy, basically, uh, that you can pit against the against the heroes. Have this ability on them where if you, as the imperial player, want to, you can choose to roll a die and if you get a specific result you can have the probe droid uh explode and basically damage everything around it mm-hmm. for like a hefty amount of damage right um but that is not a decision that the app will make and so it just sort of eliminates that ability oh it happens 
Does it really? I haven't had I, it happen. I've had it happen multiple times in the app. Yeah, it's it's one of the you know how it comes up with that decision tree for the logic of like what the enemies are going to do. Yes, and you kind of follow it in a priority. It definitely shows up there. We've had it happen to us at twice where it resolved and twice where it didn't resolve because it couldn't. Okay, so maybe I just haven't gotten to that point yet because every time the decision tree comes up, it's usually like move and attack and then like move away. <laughs> yeah, but I, you know, like your point still stands is that there are certain options that are always available and always might happen in the one versus all mode of the game that then you don't know exactly what those characters are going to do when they're run by the automated program. Right. And so you're not always going to see those flavorful moments show up in the fully co-op version of the game. So that is a difference. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's also, I mean, I again, in all the the scenarios that I've played with the app, it's sort of like the, the first thing in the decision tree is always, like, move towards the nearest hero and attack them. Usually, yeah, yeah. I've yeah. seen variations where it's not, but that is Whereas, I mean, if you're the Imperial typical. player, you could be like, I'm gonna don't want to have this yeah. thing. Yeah, I'm gonna, I'm gonna pull back because that means that they're gonna have to chase my guys down or something like that, right? Right, there are, and maybe there are I other... can like lead them into this other more dangerous area or something, right? You know, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And then I'm gonna spawn something behind them that's gonna make their life a living hell. You know, like there's right. all kinds of interesting ways that. So yeah, I it, to go on record right now before we get get a little bit further into the fully co-op version of the game, I did enjoy playing the game in the one versus all format where I was playing as the Imperial player. However. That is a difficult thing for me to do because most of my gaming time is either spent solo or with my wife, who does not enjoy playing against me in anything. She wants to play right. co-op or basically nothing, right? There's a few minor exceptions where she's willing to, you know, sort of humor me with some competitive gaming. But for the most part, she just doesn't enjoy that. And so that's something that we tend to avoid. So only when I'm playing with other friends who happen to be visiting or we've gotten together for a cabin trip or whatever, or, you know, like if I get my regular gaming group that meets like maybe once a month, if we decide to you know, get this out and play it, then th- that those are the opportunities I have to play that. And I have this feeling that's probably not going to be, you know, like one of our top priorities in terms of games that we throw down on the table once we get those types of groups together, which mm-hmm. is like less frequent. Um, so it comes down to the strength of this co-op game in terms of if I'm going to get a good amount of use out of Imperial Assault. Mm-hmm. And that, I think, is why we want to... That is why I'm focusing on it this week. Um, I wasn't sure what you were going to bring to the table, but it sounds like that's what you've been focusing on as well. So. Yeah, I mean, I've played it a sort of in equal amounts uh, mm-hmm. in both. Yeah. Um, enough to say that I definitely prefer playing the one versus all format. Okay, so why don't we talk about the co-op version then? Because like like we said, you use this program to basically automate what the Imperial player does, uh, what the Imperial units are going to do, which Imperial units come out. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of the sort of like, you know turn-to-turn decisions that the Imperial player would make is now made by this program, in addition to them having a written narrative with a bunch of text and, you know, some minor decisions, like, in terms of, like, dialogue trees and, like, what you're going to do with your time in there and everything. There are some minor decisions that you can make, um, usually of a binary nature, in order to progress this story and, and get your way through the campaign. So, essentially, everything else works the same. How do you feel like this succeeds or doesn't succeed for you, Jason? Um, I mean, there are things that I like about it and things that things that I don't. Um, I mean, that's kind of a wishy-washy answer, but that's just kind of the way I feel about it. One of the things that I like about it is that um, sort of when you play the one versus all format, um, the entire map is laid out for you at the beginning. Like you mm-hmm. just sort of lay out the land. The app doesn't do that. It sort of takes it zone by zone according to like what you can quote unquote see when you open a door or enter a new area. 
or what it just um, spawns for you after a certain round number right yeah so there's a little bit more of an element of surprise i think in the app version it's a uh, surprise cause... and then it's also a i have to dig through this pile of tiles and find the right <laughs> tiles the right eight tiles to like construct the next part of this you know dungeon or whatever and so well, they tell you at the beginning of each scenario which tiles you're going to need for the, the for the stuff that you haven't set up yet yeah I had There's a I whole list. I didn't even notice that because, like, every time it just pops up and it's like, "You need these tiles," and I'm like, "Okay." And then that constructs the 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 part that's on the table right now. And then you get to the next part, and it says, "Now you need these tiles." And so then I end up having to like go and dig. I haven't noticed where it shows me uh, all of the tiles that I'm going to need for the entire dungeon. I haven't noticed that. Oh, okay. So I mean, for me, whenever I choose like whatever the next scenario is, like the, usually the first thing that pops up is you'll need these map tiles. Huh, okay. I, I guess I didn't notice that. But, like, yeah, it, it, it slowed down. It's just created this, like, major road bump, in, you know, like, two or three times during every scenario we've played so far, and I found mm-hmm. it a little frustrating. Yeah, I mean, that certainly can be. Um, so, you know, which is, I mean, uh, I don't know, check it out next time you play it, if you play it again. Yeah, um, yeah. But, um, but, yeah, I mean, that's, that is overall one of the things that I liked about the, the app format was the the sort of map surprise <laughs> yeah that's a, that's one of the things i don't like about it <laughs> i want to just um, get it all set up and not worry about it the rest of the game you know uh, um, yeah. I, i'm one of those people that i will set up the stuff in gloomhaven that you're not supposed to set up just at the beginning because i don't feel like futzing with it in the middle of a game like when it, <laughs> you're not supposed to put the traps out you're not supposed to put the coins out like behind the closed doors and all that i won't do the enemies i'll just kind of leave them off the board but i still kind of know which enemies are going where when i set up a gloomhaven scenario sure. um i would do that with this if it gave me the option mm-hmm. because i just don't want to i don't want to stop the game and have to do that right yeah so so that's one thing so um one thing that i don't like about it is I, i'm not really i'm not really a huge fan of how the enemy ai works mm-hmm. um it seems it, i don't know it just sort of seems imprecise and uh, there, there's a lot of times boring. where you feel like you don't completely understand what you should do. Yeah, that's even true. if you completely understood the tu- understood the tutorial that you did at the beginning that teaches you how it all works. Right. Yeah. I mean, they're sort of like I don't know. It, it says one of the things that you sometimes, well, actually, a lot of times says is like, okay, say this thing has moved and attacked, and then it has like a second action, and a lot of times that second action is you know move away from the heroes such that. They are at least the enemy is at least three spaces away from from if every possible, hero yeah, or something, yeah. right? But but that in itself is sort of vague because you, that could be a lot of different places. And then there's sort of like if there are multiple choices, like choose the one that seems least advantageous for the heroes, right? Yeah. Which is completely subjective. <laughs> and there's just a bunch of other edge case scenarios that you run into where you're just like, I'm not exactly sure how I should be ruling this right now. Um, yeah. Like like you've got like an automated friendly unit that's moving through a dungeon and it's like okay well it shows me on the program that it's moving to this specific space that space is occupied where does it go there might be like you know i know that when the um the imperial officers come out they order people around and that order that Mm. order icon you get does not have the little star that indicates that it can only do that once but that means that it could be ordering since everything gets two actions it could be ordering the same unit near you to attack twice which is supposed to be against the normal rules Right, yeah. What do I do there? Like, right. there's just all kinds of, like, edge case <laughs> situations where I don't want to have to go, like, reference a fact or, you know, jump on Board Game Geek and, like, you know, sift through forums in the middle of a game, um, where it just it just becomes a little bit cumbersome and confusing to know exactly what you should be doing. And so I've just been kind of being like, well, I feel like doing it this way. 
I'm just going to do it that way. And, like, I do that, and I get through the game, and it's fine, but at the same time, it's a little frustrating that the game isn't a little bit more uh, tightly designed to the point where that doesn't even happen, you know? Right, yeah. I, I kind of wish... So, I, the app itself is sort of... Um, it doesn't keep track of everything. Like, it doesn't keep track of, like, where everybody is on the board. It doesn't even keep track of where all the enemies are on the board. Mm-hmm. Um, it just sort of, like, gives you a depiction of what the map looks like. Where they spawn. And then, yeah, 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 yeah. And then you keep track of, like, where everything moves on the actual board that's on right. the table. Um, and I wish that the app actually did more of that sort of stuff See, so but that then you could have to, make these you'd have decisions. to be messing with the app all the time you'd have to be like moving things on the board and then turning and doing the exact same thing on the virtual board i feel like that would be like no a lot i wish it work. just moved them on the on the map it's like i wish it just the app would just keep these things on the on the app and it would move it on the app and then you could like move it on the board or whatever wait but if you're moving your things around on the real board right how would things then keep up on the app well the app would show you where to move it but it doesn't know where you've moved your heroes and stuff. Oh, that's true. Like, you'd have to do... You'd just be playing a digital version, then, of the game. Yeah, I guess suppose that's true. Yeah. I don't want to do both. I mean, I think the upshot is, like, I just want it to, like, make more... I want it to be, like, a completely automated Imperial system. Well, then, the, you, you just want a digital version of the game, then, if that's where you're at, because, like, there's no, no point. because I in... like playing with the plastic things. <laughs> well, then you want to you play it twice at the same time, then you're playing two parallel games, one digital game and one, one physical game. You're playing a, two parallel versions of the same game. I mean, I hear what you're saying, like, and what I want is kind of impossible, but, like... <laughs> what you want is a camera that's... pointed at your board that then, no, in real time, I... updates the thing on your computer. <laughs> Okay, drama queen. <laughs> that is not what I want. That's the only way to make that happen. <laughs> I know. I and I'm saying it's impossible like what I'm asking for. Yeah, I'm glad sort of like that I they don't try to make it more than what it is with that stuff because that would be more work and I'm not interested in doing more work. I'm I'm doing enough work as it is, like kind of like carrying out the orders it's giving me on the board and everything. Um that's enough. Uh so I don't want any more work, but um ah, so I hated playing this. <laughs> I had a miserable time. I, oh my god, it was so tedious, uh, like, you know, running all of the bad guys, the good guys are boring to run, uh, yeah, I think they're that's not why, exciting. that's why I enjoyed playing the Imperials, the Imperials are interesting, you make all kinds of interesting decisions with the cards, and like, which units you're gonna spawn, and where you're gonna position them, and like, which abilities you're going to tap and everything, um, playing the, playing the Rebellion, you have a weapon, you have the choice to sometimes attack twice if you don't move, maybe activate one of your special abilities, which are oftentimes very situational, so you can't mm. always use them. And so for the most part, I felt like 90% of the time I was just saying, well, I attack, I roll my dice, I did two damage. I attack again, I roll my dice, I did one damage, right? And mm. then like, okay, I did a third of this one figure's health with, with that one whole turn, and it just feels like this Sisyphean task of like, crashing up against these figures that it continues to respawn and respawn and respawn round after round in the same exact room because it doesn't have you like kind of like running through a dungeon the way that you do in like Gloomhaven or even like Sword and Sorcery where we had this like you know massive yeah. dungeon that we like traverse through and everything the scenarios that I've played in this game are much more like just like you know one or two boxes connected that you're just fighting wave after wave after wave of enemy and it'll ask you like how many of these enemies were destroyed uh, or are currently 
present. Okay, we'll bring all the ones that got killed back. <laughs> and it's just like, okay, I guess I get this now. You're just going to keep respawning the same crap over and over again. I'm going to spend two hours just rolling dice until all this stuff's off the board. And so eventually it just felt like this tedious dice rolling task that I was being asked to do that there was very little decision making going on and, and very little points where I was having fun. And it got worse the further in I got, you know, like the most interesting thing that happened was in like the third mission. I think you do after the two, like the third counting the tutorial, like it, it doesn't start off with combat. Like you start off like going around and like investigating certain points and you yeah. can use some of your like sort of skill checks to try to like, you know, uh, interrogate somebody or, you know, like slip somebody money for, for some, some information or hack a machine to try to like, you know, get, get. Uh, you know, like uh, hack the cameras and, and like see what happened on the security cameras, and and that's neat that they like introduce some like sort of like RPG type encounter type things into the game. I like that. But when combat starts, you know that you're gonna you're just gonna be spending the next hour and a half rolling dice, and then like you know kind of like ma- managing this mess of enemies in front of you that it just gets tedious and and cumbersome. And mm-hmm. I don't enjoy it, and it feels like my my heroes always feel underpowered for what's out in front of me. I never got this sense of, like, progression that I get in a lot of other games, and that was boring. And by the time we were, like, I'd say, like, two-thirds of the way through, like, the last scenario we played, I was just like, man... I'm hating this. Let's just put it away. I don't care. Like, you know, maybe I'll break it out again sometime when we can do the one versus all thing because I think that some people are going to enjoy this. I think some people are going to not want something more complicated out of running the heroes than you know, than this. I want something that's more complicated than this, and that's not what this is. Um, mm-hmm. There's very few decisions to be made. I'm fine running the imp- the Empire for a group of people that do want to play that. That's fine. I would love that. And I would be interested in trying out the skirmish mode sometime down the road. But this full co-op version, I am not into it. I do not enjoy it one little bit. Yeah, I I kind of agree with you. Like, I was enjoying it for a while, and then it tends, it does really tend to sort of bog down in TDM. Yeah. Which I is something I did not experience when I played the one versus all mode. Yeah, I, I had a much better time with that. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I kind of agree with you. Like, the, the characters that you're given to choose from to play as the heroes are are really kind of boring. Yeah! Um, they're, they're not even, like, recognizable characters from the franchise. They're nope. just sort of, like... A generic Wookiee, or yeah, this is the <laughs> I mean, Han names, Solo like scoundrel. Like yeah, yeah, yeah. Everything is like something from the movies, but none of it is from the movies. If you have Luke Skywalker show up, he's an ally, meaning that you're not directly. Right. Well, I guess you can directly take control of him, but like it's it's not the same as it's it's not your character. It's not you know? your character. He's there to help you. And if yeah. Darth Vader shows up, it's you know I don't know. Like it, when he showed up in one of my scenarios, you couldn't. He tells you right up front, you can't kill him. <laughs> don't expect to have this epic it was still scary when he showed up i was like oh shoot that's darth vader we better run and that was kind of a cool moment but like after that it was just you know back to the tedium so i don't know there's there's been a couple high moments for this for the fully co-op version of this game for me but for the most part i would say that 99 percent of it has been um unimpressive to tedious and painful (laughs) i wouldn't say painful but (laughs) i would i would (laughs) I mean, it's not like somebody was, like, torturing me with thumbscrews or something. Well, kind of it is, though. Like, there's been, like, certain periods of my life where I've been 
engaging in an activity that was so boring to me that it felt like my brain was on fire. Like, it just feel I feel, like, hot and, like, just, like, kind of, like, desperate to get away from it and everything. And just, I feel like sometimes I'm just going to fall asleep and, it, and it's this, like, struggle of trying to stay awake when your body doesn't want to stay awake and that's painful. You know, like, well, when you're in a really, really, really boring class and you, you can't also, stay awake. You also have, like, a... A, like extremely adverse reaction to boredom i do yeah it's true and that was <laughs> present here <laughs> yeah like i'm bored but i don't often like <laughs> it's, think that it's yeah, like, no, burning my soul it is a panic attack for me when i'm bored so yeah you're right <laughs> um but i get i mean at the end of the day I, like I, I get your point like it's mm-hmm. not it it is not fun it gets bogged down real fast if you were buying this game for the full co-op version and and that's what you want to get out of it. Unless you like a very light game with very few decision points to be made. Mm. It is not worth $100, which is the MSRP. Yeah. <laughs> if you want to go into this because you think the one versus all mode sounds cool, and maybe you've had some experience with Descent and you enjoyed that before, then by all means, you know, go ahead and purchase this game. I think yeah. that it still has value there. And I don't know, maybe the scenario or the, uh, the skirmish mode is cool. You know, I'd mm-hmm. love to see. Um, but... If you are going into this expecting something really cool out of the co-op mode, I I found very little that I really liked about it. The writing in the uh like the the actual scenarios was like bland. Like there was really nothing exciting about it. It was basically like it got you from point A to point B and that was it. Yeah. Um nothing about that was exceptional. Yeah. Um I actually find the um the actual campaigns in the booklet that come with the game are actually pretty good. Yeah, I I remember those being fine and I like reading aloud off my computer screen the the dialogue and the the narration for the the co-op version though was yeah uh, it's pretty bland i just started like talking as fast as i could to just try to get through it so that we got the point because yeah it was not exciting Um, yeah yeah i i found very little redeeming about the full co-op version so uh we should say that the production value on this is as with most fantasy fantasy flight games pretty good yeah 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 the minis are great um the boards are great the artwork is great uh, multiple books in there. I think there's like three instruction oh, yeah, booklets like in there. Yeah. Uh, they're all you know pretty descriptive, with the exception of the fact that there is not a physical book for the full co-op mode because that did not exist when they produced the game. Uh, right. So you have to find that online. Maybe it comes with it now. I don't know. Um, you know the game's been out since 2014, and even the production quality of the app is pretty high. Like if you can oh, get yeah. it to work. I've had it crash on a couple of platforms, but I I got it working on my uh, my MacBook. And mm-hmm. it's, you know, it's got like 3D rendered versions of some things that are not 3D rendered in your, in, in your physical <laughs> components. Like there's 3D rendered boxes in there. Oh, yeah, the and they're, and just, stuff. they're just little tokens when you are like the screen that you go to when you like choose what mission you're going to do. Yeah, is like a, it's nice a and animated. Yeah, it's like a spiral galaxy like spinning. Um, yeah. And it looks really, really nice. Like all of it is, is high, top notch, high quality. It, it just is that the content is... A little, a little lackluster yeah. yeah yeah so that's imperial assault um yep. i really had high hopes for this i really was looking forward to digging into that co-op version i'm really disappointed <laughs> so <laughs> boy okay uh right. jason if people yes. would like to get a hold of us and let us know why we're horribly wrong about this and co-op is the way to go with imperial assault and why darth vader is definitely the best skirmish unit uh how would they do so <laughs> okay well to completely disagree with us about all of these things you can email us it's podcast at limitedplaytime.com you can go to the website limitedplaytime.com you can tweet us at limited playtime or go to instagram at limited playtime podcast next week we're going to be talking about santorini the... <laughs> i don't know what else to say about it i played it the one time <laughs> 
Santorini. Wait, I, how do you even play that game, Jason? What's that about? Um, it's like a tower building. Um, it's a tower building game that's a little mathy and set in Greece. <laughs> All right, we're gonna be talking about that next week, so look forward to that. Thanks for listening, everybody. We'll see you in one week. Bye. Later. How's it? Uh, have you started the Force Awakens? Yeah. And how's it going? Uh, we watched the first hour like two nights ago. Yeah. And it. So I thought the Force Awakens was a disappointment when I saw it in the movie theater because uh-huh. I came out of it just being like that was nothing but a plot point to plot point recreation, like changing the details, but like same overall plot structure of A New Hope. Right. Mm -hmm. And I was just like, they just did that on purpose. They just did that to like, you know, basically play on everybody's nostalgia and try to basically reboot from the ground up. But like they didn't do anything original enough to impress me. And I like came away from it, like with tons of complaints. But now watching it so close to having watched the prequels. Yeah, it is amazing cinema. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, compared to that direct compared to that. Oh, my God. Does it look good? Like like every bit of it is well done. (laughs) <laughs> Except for the fact that they were lazy with the overall plot of the movie, you know? Right, yeah. Um, the cinematography is amazing. Like, yeah. all of the camera work is amazing. All of the acting, the acting is, is like top-notch. light years better. The dialogue is great. Like, all of it is phenomenal. All the characterizations are great. Like, like there's that scene right at the beginning where um, Poe, he's the pilot, right? Poe uh, yes. po gets, like, captured by... um. Uh, 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 Kylo Ren, Kylo right? Ren, and yeah. there's that moment where, like, he's on the ground, and, like, he gets down and he looks at him real close, to f- like, face-to-face, and there's, like, you know, just silence, and he goes, who talks? Do I talk? You talk? It's just <laughs> this really great character moment where they're like, okay, this guy's really plucky, right? Even in the face right. of, like, the most evil dude around. And then, like, you know, Kylo Ren's follow-up is all no-nonsense, but he's, like, super badass. Like, he comes across as, like, just as badass as, as Darth Vader, but, like, way more, like, just in touch with his surroundings and everything, just because Darth Vader had this very detached sort of nature to him, and Kylo oh, yeah. Ren seems like he's entirely attached but still really badass like like yeah. that movie um is way better than i felt like it was at the time i mean we're only like mm-hmm. an hour into it so like you know i'll see how everything like sure. honestly the weakest parts of it for me are when um like han and chewy show up like, uh. like it, it almost feels like they're just kind of like shoehorning all that old stuff into it which maybe that's my big complaint with that movie is that it i i, I keep wanting these sequels to be a severe break from what has come before yeah and they keep almost doing it right and then they keep not quite making the leap like in the second one uh last jedi there's all that like teasing of kylo and um what's her name uh uh, ray like like basically just like like just completely burning the whole thing about jedi and sith down to the ground and just doing their own thing and like i had these great high hopes when i was watching that movie for the first time that they were going to go down this path where, like, there doesn't need to be a good and a bad. There doesn't need to be a black and a white, a yin and a yang. It can just be, like, you know, things in the middle. Like, you know, everything is not black and white, right? Like, mm-hmm. there's there's shades of everything, right? And then yeah. it just, they immediately go right back to the black and white nature of everything. And, like, I was just so disappointed with that. Kind of, but Ray actually sort of embraces the dark side and in addition to the other, to the light side. She does? Yeah. How? I mean, so she, when she's on that island with Luke, he tells her about, like, the the location or whatever where the dark side is strong. Okay, yeah, the sure, the, the analog to the Empire Strikes Back dark cave, right? Right, yeah, and he's like, you know, stay away from it, like, don't go there, and she Just does. Just like Yoda did to her, him, and he did it too.
Uh, true. Well, but his was, well, anyway, she goes there <laughs> and, and she sort of like gives into it. Like she's. So does Luke. No, he doesn't. He chops his dad's head off, and then he's like, yeah. oh, that's my face in there. He he also failed. Yoda was, like, all disappointed in him when he came back out. What was he supposed to do? He was not supposed to go in in the first place, and then he was supposed to, like, not give in to his aggression when he was in there, and he did. Right, but he learned that lesson. Did he? And I don't think Ray did. Maybe. Maybe he learned a little bit of something. Anyway, it was just, it's all too close to that, and... Anyway, I, I feel like that was just her failing the lesson rather than her like embracing a dark side really, you know? Um it didn't feel like it didn't feel like a conscious decision to say, screw all this stuff, all of this stuff is wrong. It just feels mm-hmm. like, you know, like her not quite getting what Luke was trying to teach her. You know, it it, right, it felt yeah. more like a like just failing the lesson than than making a conscious decision to uh start your own you know, like restart the nature of what the force is within this universe, you know, and how mm-hmm. we connect to it and use it and everything. Right. So, anyway. Well, I think that I mean that's also sort of apparent in what happens with with Kylo Ren because he yeah there's yeah there's that moment where he's like well you they know, start come, early come on in the Force me. Awakens where he's like I I'm sorry uh grandfather I'm feeling the pull to the light side help me resist it or whatever right, yeah. he's talking to Darth Vader's helmet so like yeah. they've been teasing it since the beginning and obviously they're going that direction with the third movie but I was hoping for something more significant in the middle of like you know the second movie when they were like you know explicitly basically like toying with the idea oh I see yeah so anyway so it's I guess it's sort of like a delayed gratification thing. <laughs> Yeah, but also it just, I don't know, like, then it makes the end of that movie feel kind of, like, just tacked on and hollow in a way that it, I don't know, I really had a hard time enjoying that movie when I came out of it. It really bummed me out. Mm. But we'll see, you know, like, now being so close to the prequels, which were hot garbage, uh, (laughs) the sequels are masterpiece cinema, comparatively. (laughs) I always liked Kylo Ren. I thought he was a really good villain. I really grew to like him, you know, like he, I like him. I, I started out being like, oh great, okay, we've got emo Darth Vader, right? Like, who right. cares, right? But no, actually, I, I do kind of dig him. I, he's cool. Um, yeah. I'm, I'm digging. I'm interested to see where his character arc goes. Less interested in Rey, honestly. Um, yeah, me too. <laughs> but yeah, Kylo Ren is interesting. I think all the people around her are more interesting than she is. Kinda, yeah. Uh, I mean, Although I, you know, I kind of felt that way with Luke, too, actually. Well, yeah, Luke, Luke is your favorite when you're a toddler. Mm-hmm. because he's the hero and he's got the lightsaber right but then but then you get to be a teenager and you're like oh shit this is all about han <laughs> and leia in <laughs> yeah, fact leia, yeah, right, yeah, yeah han and leia and so like they were the cool ones once i got older and i was like oh 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 they're the ones that i like they're the ones with yeah. cool personalities and like you know they're the ones that are like really kind of yeah they're the ones that i'm rooting for like later on i still like luke but like he's sure. not the one that gets me excited the way that those two characters do. yeah exactly so yeah i think it's the same with with ray and, and all the rest. Yeah, i don't know I, I feel like poe is probably the one i like the most out of the new the new like protagonists or whatever like yeah. uh, finn also he's all right but like he doesn't really like nothing has really excited me too much about him so i don't know i kind of like him i like the sort of ex-stormtrooper angle yeah it's fine although i was really i was quite disappointed with his um the sort of face down that he had with uh captain phasma or whatever her name is mm-hmm. in the second the second new movie i was like that was a little anticlimactic but I don't remember everything about the movie. I'll get to it. All right, we've wasted okay. eight minutes, so we yeah, got to okay. remember that that we we go all the way up to uh, thirty eight, thirty nine minutes or so. Okay. All right, here we go. <laughs> 